Well, book of James, chapter 3, one of my favorite uh, books of the Bible, uh, because I think it's uh, so super practical and helpful. Uh, chapter 3, verses 13, 13 through 18, a, conti- a little bit of a continuation uh, of what Pastor Jeff shared with you last week, the, the the taming the tongue section of James last week, James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12, and we're going to talk about wisdom tonight, and where does it come from? And so uh, you and I, we all know somebody uh, that is smart, book smart, they know answers to questions, they know things, but maybe they lack uh, wisdom. Uh, we would maybe sometimes more practically refer to that as common sense. Uh, and so the, the thing that I, uh, the, the illustration or joke, if you will, uh, that I like to tell about what wisdom is, is this. And so we can kind of all know what we're talking about is this. Uh, when someone's talking about knowledge, it, it, it's knowing that a tomato is a fruit, uh, but wisdom is knowing not to put tomato in a fruit salad. All right. So you get your veggies on your burgers, but really you're getting one fruit on there, but you would not want to put a tomato in a fruit salad. And so I think back to uh, a time in my life, I think this was high school, maybe later in high school. I know I was driving by this time and some friends of ours, uh, we wanted to get together on July 4th at, at one of their houses. They had a, a small pond uh, with a dam on the opposite end of the back property from the house. So all the moms and dads and, and friends that didn't want to shoot off fireworks on July 4th could sit on the porch and sit in the lawn chairs on one side of the pond. And those of us that were brave enough or dumb enough uh, to shoot off the fireworks would go on the dam and stand over there. And so uh, we pulled our money together, bought several different varieties of artillery shells to shoot off uh, fireworks on 4th of July. And uh, somebody said, well, you know what, we could make this easier if we just divide them all up evenly. So we start opening all the boxes and, you know, 120 artillery shells and five tubes and we start dividing them up. And about five minutes into the night, a little bit to my left, uh, an artillery shell goes off and it's beautiful and everybody's, you know, ooh and aahing and a guy about 10 feet to my right loads one and it blows up on the ground. Uh, because what we didn't realize was we had bought different brands, different styles of artillery shell. And some of them, the tube was this big around and some of them, the tube was just a little bit smaller around. But we'd mixed all those shells up. We didn't uh, we, we had the knowledge of how fireworks were supposed to work, uh, but we didn't have much wisdom in how to actually put that into practice. And it ended up with one of my friends in the pond and the other one down the ditch on the backside of the dam. And uh, th- then we had to pause the show and redistribute the artillery shells based on which wrapper was around the bottom of which shell. And so you can think back in times in your life when you, you had the knowledge, uh, you knew the information, but putting it into practice, using wisdom, uh, maybe by you or by someone you know, wasn't, wasn't maybe put into practice. And so my question for us tonight is this, where, where do we get wisdom? Uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7 says this, wisdom is, is the principal thing. It's the important thing, the, the proverb says, therefore, get wisdom. That's not very helpful, is it? Where do you get it? If, if, if wisdom is the principal thing and you're told to get wisdom, where do we get it? So you all know the answer, right? Where does wisdom come from? Okay, where, do, where does the world get wisdom from sometimes? 
Someone did someone say Satan? Did I hear that over here somewhere? Satan, not not God. Someone said YouTube. Uh, you can get wisdom from YouTube. I will say this: there 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 is some good information on YouTube if you like uh, if you like comedy. Uh, I took my wife and, and two of our friends for her birthday to see uh, John Christ down in Sugarland a few weeks ago. He uh, this is totally not related to wisdom at all, but he released a YouTube special today. It, it dropped, and that's the cool word to say. It dropped on YouTube uh, today at twelve o'clock. It's a it's a show that he did in Birmingham, Alabama. You can look that up if you want to. If you're brave enough uh, to go to YouTube, do John Christ. Uh, the The title of it is "What Are We Doing." If that clues you in a little bit on what it might be about, just what are we doing? But we're here learning about wisdom tonight. So I want to read uh, to you from James chapter 3, verse 13 through 18, and we're going to talk about where wisdom comes from and how we can see uh, what kind of wisdom is from God and what kind of wisdom is from Satan. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And so if we think about where wisdom is from and where the kind of wisdom that we know is not from God is from, the source of that is Satan, demonic, unspiritual. We read that just now. What is it then? Because we have to kind of understand what James's letter is about. And, and, and all, I don't know, from week to week exactly what, what Jeff has been sharing from James, but I, but I hope that this has come up at least once. Uh, but, but I think that the, the, the book of James, this letter, is, is about the marks of the mature believer. Uh, kind of from the very beginning of the letter, James sets out to, to show uh, the early church and then today to show us uh, what it means to be a mature believer. And in this section of James, he's saying the mature believer is marked by wisdom in his or her actions and in his or her motives. And and so the challenge for us is to be guided by wisdom that's from above, not from this world or certainly not from Satan. And so then how do we do that and how do we discern what that looks like? Well, in this particular section of of Scripture, in these six verses, James outlines that, that you can kind of understand the right kind of wisdom uh, three ways. One, it's origins. Two, it's operation. And then three, it's outcome. So we're going to kind of look at these these three areas of, of where wisdom is from, how it operates, and then what is the result of it and kind of do a little comparison of wisdom that's from God versus wisdom uh, that's from Satan. And then what is the end result uh, for you and I? Uh, and just kind of a little side note for y'all. One of the things that I like to do when, especially when it's just studying a particular passage of scripture, especially related to any kind of more so personal Bible study uh, than say preparing notes for a, a life group lesson uh, or preparing notes for a Wednesday night Bible study or preparing a sermon. You kind of all do, at least I kind of all do those things a little bit differently. One of the things I like to do when it's personal study is, is ask myself three questions about that particular passage. What does it say? What does it mean? And what does it mean to me? 
Um, and so I've kind of got some of those notes here, but also some other notes as well, uh, because I think this is a particularly important passage of Scripture, and, and all of James is really helpful for just the practical side uh, of growing uh, and, and living as a mature believer. And so the first thing is this, is we have to understand kind of what wisdom is and, and where it comes from. And, and wisdom, at least in the sense that James is writing about it here, is this, the understanding that it's understanding, not just knowledge. Uh, wisdom is essentially practical. Um, it's, 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 it's being able to apply uh, technical use of, of facts that you know. Uh, and so all of you, you, you have probably a particular area of expertise or, or, or maybe several. Uh, it could be fixing cars or it could be uh, electronics, small electronics. It could be uh, working on boat motors. Uh, there's parents of a, of a young lady in the room who, when I was youth pastor, she gave a talk uh, in our student ministry. Natalie Marshall did this. And during the talk, she's taking apart and putting back together uh, a boat motor. And so we all have different, different things that we are not just knowledgeable about, but we've got some wisdom, some practical application of how to use those things in our lives. But, but I think the difference in, in the way Christians uh, use and the way you and I are to use the wisdom is we use it through humility. In the second part of verse 13, it says, By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Uh, you know, so sometimes you you've probably can think back to a, an educational setting in your your history, a high school teacher, uh, certainly a college professor that, you know, they they presented themselves as the know it all on that particular subject. Um, and, and a wise college student would sit in that class or a wise high school student would sit in that class and say, while they may not be the know-it-all on that subject, they know a lot more than I do. Uh, but then you have those that's like, okay, they're, it's painfully obvious they're not humble about how much they know about this subject. Uh, for me, that's Baylor sports. Uh, I'm not humble at all in how much I know and, and recently brag about the success uh, of Baylor athletics in every area except for baseball. Uh, they're not good at baseball. And that's why their coach resigned this week. Uh, but we all have those areas in our life where it's like if we don't practice humility, uh, if we don't practice meekness and display meekness, then it doesn't matter how much we know or how much wisdom we have. And so our humility, uh, the, 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 the display of humility that we have in our lives is a good in indication of the wisdom we have. And then the opposite is true. Uh, the lack of humility in a believer's life and certainly in a non-believer's life is an indicator of how, how little wisdom there is. And then we get into the operations of wisdom, verses 14, 15, and 16. If you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, don't, bo don't boast and be false to the truth. This is not wisdom that comes from above, but it's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy, this is an operation of earthly wisdom, where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. And that's one of those outcomes of wisdom that's not of God, disorder, vile practices. But then listen to how wisdom that's from God operates. Wisdom from above is pure, it's peaceable, it's gentle, it's open to reason, it's full of mercy and good fruits, it's impartial and sincere. And here's the outcome. A harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. 
And so it, it, it's, it, it ought to be painfully obvious to us when there's a, a, a display of wisdom that's from, I say painfully obvious, a display of wisdom that's from Satan, and it ought to be, be comfortably obvious to us, unpainfully obvious to us, when there's a display of wisdom that's from God. And you say, you know, well, how, how, how do I recognize that? Well, look for those things as you think about relational issues in your family or in uh, your workplace or in your, in your neighborhood or your friendship circle, even here at church. Uh, you know, we are, we are not perfect people. So there are times that even our relationships will be strained in one way or another. And as you think about those, you say, well, there, I can see some jealousy. I can certainly see some selfish ambition there. Well, know that that's, that's wisdom that's from Satan. But then you, you, you see the opposite. This, this is pure. This is a, a peaceable, gentle, approachable person or individual or situation. They're open to reason. They're full of mercy and good fruits. Or others see you that way and say, that, that is wisdom that's from God. And so as you think about the origin of wisdom, you think about the operation of wisdom, you think about the outcome of wisdom, there is a real distinction and a real obvious distinction between what's from Satan, what's of this world, and what's from God, and, and, and what's from above, as, as the verses say. And so kind of tie that back to last week. One example, one example of a way we display wisdom is when we tame our tongue, choose to speak or choose not to speak, how we choose to speak, the way, the way that we choose uh, to use our tongue, a very small uh, thing physically, but a very powerful thing uh, in our world and in our relationships and certainly in the Christian walk. And so that's just one example that we see in how you and I uh, can display the kind of wisdom that's from God. And so as you think about the, the things that, 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 that are written here in verses 15, 16, 17, and 18 about the operation of wisdom, uh, but also the outcome of wisdom, the operation of wisdom that's of man, of Satan, is marked by jealousy, selfish ambition, and disorder. Uh, but that of God is marked by a harvest of righteousness sown in peace by those who make peace. And so uh, I just wonder, as, as you think about our, our role in, the, in each of your roles in the church, but also in your family, uh, in the community, just kind of ask yourself this question, you know, where am I drawing, from where am I drawing my wisdom? What is the origin? What is the source of my wisdom? Is it is it an individual? Is it something I read? Is it, is it God's word? Is it my time in prayer? Am I asking God for it? Scripture talks about that, to ask uh, for wisdom, to ask uh, for that from him. Where do we draw our wisdom from? And the second one is then, then how can we, assuming that we're drawing our wisdom from the right source, assuming that we're drawing our wisdom from God, how can we display strength as Christian leaders through humility. Uh, the, whole, the whole concept of this section of James is about the Christian leader. At the beginning of verse 3, he addresses uh, the teacher. Verse 1, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know those who that will teach will be judged with greater strictness. So he's addressing those that have leadership roles. And I look out across this room, quite a few of you, most of you have some leadership role in this church. Uh, if, you, if you don't have one right now, you've had one before, and if you don't have one right now, you probably will have one soon. 
And so uh, those of us that are, that are in that sphere of Christian leadership in some way, how do we then display strength as a leader, but do so in a humble and a meek way? What's well, by showing this kind of wisdom that, that's written about here? We choose to, and we, we ask God for the ability to have wisdom that's from Him, that's pure, that's peaceable, that's gentle, that's open to reason, that's full of mercy, and good fruits, that's impartial and sincere. And some of those uh, markers of wisdom that's from God uh, fly in the face of, of everything that the world would say how you should operate. People are not, the, the, the average person is not gen, generally peaceable or gentle or even open to reason. Uh, we don't like it when, when others tell us how to do things, but when, when we as Christians invite uh, thinking and discussion and dialogue and we show mercy and we show grace in those conversations and we're gentle in how we approach those situations. We show others what it, what it means to be peacemakers, what it means to be humble, what it means to walk uh, with others in Christ. And so as we think about those two questions, where do I draw wisdom and how do I display strength in that? Uh, I think that it's important because our, our wisdom that comes from God helps us helps us avoid, helps us fight off, helps kind of make us immune to discord, helps us be immune to disunity. Uh, and, and one of the things that Jesus prayed for the church and for the body of Christ just before he left us is that we as a people, as God's people, would be unified. He prayed for that. He prayed for us specifically to be one. And, and so if we're all gathering wisdom from all these different sources other than God and we're getting this wisdom from everywhere but Him and from His Word and our time with Him, uh, then there will be discord and there will be disunity. And I, I think that the, the, the world around us will see that and they won't want to be a part of, of, of that. Uh, but when they look at the church and they look at the body of believers as First Baptist Conference, they say that that's a group of people that together they love God and together they love people. And that's a place where there are people who are peaceable, who are gentle, who are open to reason, who are full of mercy and good fruit. That, that, that's a group of people that I want to belong with. Uh, this past Sunday, I had a couple of people join our church. One of them is a young man who's going to be baptized. And, and, and it was just a, a neat conversation with both of them. They're neighbors uh, with one another. Uh, and they'd been going to church together and, and helping each other get to church. And one of them is injured right now. And so the other one helped get a ride to church and just those conversations. And just both of them say, you know, this is this God is present here among these people. And I want to be a, I want to be a part of that. And that young man that joined, he's joining by baptism. So he's going to be baptized here in a couple of weeks at the 1115 service. And those are the kinds of conversations that when we we come together, besides spending time in prayer together, that excite us as a staff or we get an email uh, from a, a person who says, you know, my, my life group has, has done this for me in this, this time of, of turmoil in our lives or heartache in our lives or, or, or tragedy in our family. And, and they've supported us in a way. And it's like that, that's what we want our groups to be doing. That's how we want people to be loving one another. Or someone reports back to us about a, a transforming relationship they're engaged in. Or, or we hear a conversation from someone who's the recipient of that relationship, the mentoring, the discipleship, whatever that they're getting, or even just some of the emails that we've we've received from people who've gotten their letters and saying, your, your debt with such and such hospital or such and such collector has been paid through the program that we were a part of. Like we see the people of God 
uh, at First Baptist Conroe doing the things that God has called us to do and displaying the kind of wisdom that God has called us to display. And, and, and we get excited about that. And so you'll, you'll hear on a Wednesday night, Jeff share one of those stories or on a Sunday morning, hear one of those stories shared, uh, or maybe it's referenced in one of his daily devotions or something. We're excited about those things. And I know that there, there are things happening in, in, in your relationships and in your life groups that we're not never even hearing about uh, that are exciting and positive things. But I believe that when we as the church, when we as the body of believers are one, we show the world uh, what God truly desires for his community to look like. Uh, and while it's not uh, exactly what heaven will look like, we can show the world a pretty good picture of what heaven will be like. Give them a small taste and an appetizer, if you will, about what it's like to be a part of the body of Christ. And, and we can help people uh, see and experience today uh, what God promises us tomorrow. Uh, but we can't do that if we're drawing from that unspiritual demonic wisdom that's marked by jealousy and selfish ambition, uh, where there's disorder and every vile practice, as is written in verse 16. So, so my prayer and my hope for my life and my prayer and my hope for each of you is that, that we would seek the wisdom that's from above. Verse 17 says, wisdom that is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, uh, full of mercy and good fruits, wisdom that's impartial and sincere, and that, that our prayer would be that we would see a harvest of righteousness uh, sown in this place by people of peace uh, with those who make peace. And so I want to pray and ask God to help us uh, be men and women, be a church family that practices uh, the wisdom that's from above uh, and that we would see a harvest of peace in our lives. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we thank you for these words tonight uh, that we can... Uh, clearly identify because of what you teach us through these verses that, that there is wisdom from you uh, and we can ask you for that and draw on that wisdom each and every day. And so I pray that we would do that obediently and faithfully, that we would seek wisdom that's from you, that we would be peaceable, that we would be gentle, that we would be pure, and that we would show the world around us uh, what it means to be one with you and one with one another. And I pray for those that are in our community that, that come in contact with us as a church family and us individually, that their, their hearts will be stirred by what you're doing in our lives, in our church, in our community, uh, and that you would draw others to you because of the, the wisdom that's on display uh, and the humility, humility that's lived out each and every day by those in this room and those in this church. Uh, thank you most of all for your son, Jesus Christ, uh, for the way that he perfectly modeled humility for us on the cross. And we thank you that, that you are the source of our wisdom. And we give you this evening and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.